You are listening authoritatively to CITR FM 101.9, broadcasting right out here on unceded Musqueam territory at the University of British Columbia. We're also on the web, www.citr.ca. Stay tuned now for The Jazz Show with Gavin Walker, the Christmas edition, coming right up.
Well, we'd like to welcome you to the Christmas edition of The Jazz Show on CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and uh, of course we've uh, pretty well entered the jolly season. This is going to be our last show before the big day, before our... uh, the jolly um, fat man comes down the uh, chimney with all his presents and all that sort of stuff. So we have our traditional Christmas show. And we established that many years ago, that uh, what we play on the show, of course, is a fabulous recording date that took place on Christmas Eve of 1954, and it featured none other than Miles Davis, Milt Jackson, Thelonious Monk, Percy Heath, and Kenny Clark. And this proved to be one of those recording sessions that the musicians went into the studio to simply um, make a recording of good music that they believed in, that they played in the clubs and and uh, were just simply able to get together. They had really no intention of making this a classic recording. I'm sure if you approached any one of them, even Miles Davis, he would have said, no, this is just another record date as far as I'm concerned. But what happened, of course, was that this particular recording date is one of the great classics of jazz music. And that's going to be our jazz feature this evening. We've got lots of Christmas stuff to play on the show, of course. Uh, We're going to be playing music by all kinds of people. Paul Desmond, uh, John Coltrane, um, Chris Davis, one of our wonderful resident trumpet players and great musician. Um, we're going to uh, be playing some modern jazz quartet, Dexter Gordon, various musicians. Oh, I should mention one of my favorite piano players, Chris Sigerson. Um, he's going to be doing some Christmas music, too. We've got a whole slate of, um, and, of course, Charlie Parker. Uh, we've got a whole slate of Christmas music to play for you later on in the show. And uh, we will get to that. And, of course, we're going to hear from the immortal Scrooge as told to you and narrated in all of his amazing voices by the great Lord Buckley. And, of course, that's become a staple of our Christmas show. So... That's the agenda. Of course, we've got all kinds of other music that we're going to play, too. But the main thing about the Christmas music that we play on this show is that you're not going to hear it in the malls. So enjoy what you hear right here on The Jazz Show. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're going to proceed with our jazz feature this evening. This recording... um, came to pass when Bob Weinstock, who was the president of Prestige Records, called Miles Davis up and said, would you come down to my office? Uh, I have a proposition for you. And Miles, of course, showed up and he said, you know, I'd like you 
to um, I'm offering you a record date. It's going to take place on Christmas Eve. Miles kind of looked at him funny and said, yeah, okay, Christmas Eve, that's fine, you know, whatever. And um, also, it's going to be with the Modern Jazz Quartet. And, of course, Miles broke into a big smile, and he said, well, yeah, yeah I love Milt Jackson. Um, I haven't had a chance to record with him, but, of course, uh, I, he said, um, as you know, I always use Percy Heath and Kenny Clark, who was the Modern Jazz Quartet's first drummer. That's my choice of rhythm section. And, and, and I really, I'm really looking forward to working with my best friend, John Lewis, the pianist. And, and Weinstock kind of looked at him. And he says, yeah, I understand that John's your best friend. But, uh, well, Miles, the piano player's not going to be John Lewis. What? No, not John Lewis. Oh, okay, then Horace Silver, right? No, not Horace Silver either. Oh. Well, who's going to play piano? Thelonious Monk. So that happened, and Miles just, the smile disappeared, and Miles just stared for 30 minutes at Bob Weinstock. Weinstock knew what was going through Miles' head. Finally, Weinstock spoke up and said, Miles, it's either Monk or there's no record date. Another period of silence. Miles, okay, or in his voice he'd say, okay, I'll deal with Monk. Okay, I'll do the date. And that's how it took place. Miles' objection to Monk was, of course, he, he loved working with Horace Silver, who was his favorite pianist at the time. John Lewis, of course, was another one, as one of Miles' best friends. And he liked, Miles liked the way they backed him up. And there were, there were several other piano players around that were lesser known that Miles liked. Miles um, just didn't feel that Monk. Uh, did it for him, although they had, Miles had a great respect for Monk. Miles was actually a good friend of Monk's. Um, They had a great respect, but they were both very, very strong personalities, and they were both leaders. Uh, Miles had his agenda in in his music, and Thelonious Monk had an agenda in his music, so they were both um, very strong musical personalities. And so, what happened on the date? There was a lot of legends, a lot of stories, a lot of a lot of stuff that came out of this record date, all of it untrue. Basically, there was a small disagreement, a tiff, if you will, between Miles and Thelonious Monk. Miles requested on a couple of tunes that Monk not accompany him while he soloed. That was it. And Monk uh, uh, faked that he was really angry about it, but it was a fake. It wasn't really, and they, they, the monk just went along and said, "Well, yeah, okay, that's fine," and and uh, that was it. There was no fight. There was no big disagreement. But of course, 
what came out of that was were all kinds of rumors about a big fight and disagreement and battles and so on and so forth. Uh, it didn't happen. None of that stuff happened. It was a minor tiff and um, simply a, um, a disagreement between two leaders. Miles had one thing in mind, and, and Monk actually agreed, went along with it. So there was really no problem. The whole date went down very, very smoothly, and some beautiful, eternal music was made on this record date. And the reason I play this at Christmas time is that even though there wasn't any uh, intention to make a, a Christmas record, there was a feeling, a real feeling of Christmas throughout this date. Somehow that was on in the back of everybody's mind because they had um, relationships, they had girlfriends, wives, and, and, and family that they were thinking of while, while the music was, was being produced and, and of course, the, the feeling of Christmas. So there is that feeling throughout throughout this, and this is why we feature this eternal and classic jazz music uh, on this particular um, show, which, is, of course, is the last show before Christmas. So we're going to get to the music and the people. Uh, on trumpet, the nominal leader was, of course, Miles Davis. On vibes, Milt Jackson. On piano, of course, Thelonious Monk. And on bass, Percy Heath. And on drums, Kenny Clark. And we're going to hear the main four tunes from this date. We open with an amazing version of Milt Jackson's great blues, Bag's Groove. And this has one of the most amazing solos by Thelonious Monk. This, is, this solo has been analyzed it's been all written out. One can study it. It's an amazing um, use of space and time. And it's considered one of Monk's most intriguing piano solos on here. And, of course, Miles Davis is no slouch, and neither is Milt Jackson. It's a beautiful, beautifully realized piece of music based on the most basic jazz form, the blues, Bag's Groove. The next piece of music, we're going to hear Monk actually accompany Miles because it's Monk's tune. And he insisted that uh, you can play my tune, then I'm going to back you. And Miles said, okay, that's it, no problem, because he wanted to record this tune, and it's a Thelonious Monk composition called Bemsha Swing. And then the tune number three is uh, Miles Davis' original, entitled Swing Spring, and that's loosely based on the I Got Rhythm sequence, and that's a wonderful piece of music as well. And then we're going to end with the George and Ira Gershwin classic, The Man I Love, and uh, we're going to hear a little bit of studio conversation before the take, and then they go into the tune, and it's a wonderful interpretation of that particular standard tune and the only standard played on on the date so without further ado our jazz feature this evening and we begin of course with bag's groove december 24th 1954 jazz history was made
And so ends our jazz feature this evening. A celebration of Christmas, because this was recorded on Christmas Eve, 1964, at Rudy Van Gelder's studio over in New Jersey. And the people involved, of course, were the Miles Davis All-Stars. And this music has uh, appeared on various CDs, different compilations, and so on and so forth. We sort of know this colloquially as the Bags Groove session because that um, was the first piece of music played on this. Miles Davis on trumpet, Mill Jackson on vibes, Thelonious Monk on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Kenny Clark on drums. And we can think of this as a musical stew. Miles Davis and Milt Jackson being the meat and potatoes of the stew. Um, Percy Heath uh, perhaps being the, the onions in the stew. Kenny Clark being the gravy. But Thelonious Monk being the spice that makes the stew so tasty. And uh, this classic recording session, of course, with the, I think with the feeling of Christmas throughout it, um, because of the time it was recorded and just the, f- the feel of the music, the incandescent beauty of Miles Davis's trumpet and uh, Milt Jackson's vibes and, and just everything about this session was uh, made it uh, one of the great immortal jazz sessions. So we do this session every year on the jazz show, and we'll do it again next year. Miles Davis on trumpet, as I mentioned before, all the, all the people um, involved here, Miles Davis All-Stars. And the four pieces we heard were the master takes of this session, beginning with Milt Jackson's Great Blues, Bag's Groove, with that amazing kind of uh, like um, musical phrases and notes bouncing off the wall by Thelonious Monk. Uh, one of the one of his most amazing piano solos, right on that uh, on that piece. Then the second piece of music was written by Monk, and it was entitled Bemsha Swing." Then the third piece of music was uh, the most sprightly tune of the whole set, a Miles Davis original called "Swing Spring." And the final tune, of course, was the only standard of the set, and Miles chose to play the great George and Ira Gershwin standard, The Man I Love. And that was delivered uh, with a little bit of uh, studio chatter before the take and a bit of a false start, and then they hit it and, uh, of course, delivered it beautifully. And that was the the four main tunes uh, recorded on that session. There's an alternate of Bag's Groove and an alternate of The Man I Love, and we'll hear that uh, some other time down the road. They're, they're both great. But these were the four master takes from this immortal recording session and our jazz feature this evening. And, of course, you are listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name's Gavin Walker, and we're broadcasting right out here at the campus of the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory. A couple of weeks ago, we featured a 
Before we get into some uh, actual Christmas music, um, I'd like to play a couple of tunes by Artie Shaw. And a couple of weeks ago, we featured Artie Shaw's Gramercy Five, which was his uh, small group, uh, which he formed out of his big band. Artie Shaw, of course, one of the most interesting personalities ever in music, um, a complex and interesting and fascinating man who lived to the ripe old age of 94. And, of course, you can always check him out on the web. He had a, an amazing life, um, eight marriages, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. He was a very handsome man. He was a, an idol of a lot of uh, uh, people, but he was an amazing uh, clarinet player. And, of course, he came up in the big band era. But he was different from other big band leaders. And uh, he did his own thing back then. Um, we're going to hear his um, theme song. Now, most of the big band theme songs were kind of welcoming pieces of music. Uh, Benny Goodman's theme song was Let's Dance. And Tommy Dorsey's uh, theme song was kind of a, um, a nice melodic thing called I'm Getting Sentimental Over You. And other big bands had their theme songs. Artie Shaw, he had his own agenda, and his theme song was hardly a friendly piece of music, but a fascinating piece of music all the same. And it was his composition. He called it Nightmare. That was his theme song. <laughs> and we're going to hear it um, with him, of course, playing the clarinet. And that was his, uh, he wrote the tune and arranged it for his big band. And we're going to hear uh, Artie's theme song. Then we're going to move to an amazing piece of music which features the Shaw Orchestra and um, all kinds of people in the band, but a great piece of music. It's about 10 minutes long, and it's called Concerto for Clarinet. And it was written, of course, again by Artie Shaw and featured uh, himself on some amazing uh, clarinet pyrotechnics and uh, some of the great musicians that uh, were in his band, including Johnny Guarneri, the pianist, um, Les Robinson on alto saxophone, and one of the all-time great unsung trombonists, Jack Jenny, and Jerry Jerome on tenor saxophone, and the great Billy Butterfield on trumpet, and some amazing drumming by Nick Fatool. And uh, that's all contained on the second piece of music called Concerto for Clarinet. And that's an amazing tour de force, which shows, and I think will demonstrate uh, during the swing era, that Shaw was way ahead of his time. And um, he, he, he didn't conform to the conventions of the swing era. He had his own musical agenda, and uh, he put it out there. And uh, we're going to end with a piece of music um, that I think defined the Artie Shaw Orchestra and was one of his all-time biggest hits. And uh, that's his um, arrangement, not his arrangement, the, uh, Jerry Gray wrote the arrangement, but it was the Artie Shaw Orchestra playing Begin the Begin. And that was a huge seller and probably his most popular record. So uh, we'll play that because that was... Uh, 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 a piece of music that defined the Artie Shaw sound. And uh, we'll have this little tribute to Artie Shaw. And I, I thought, because we, we did the um, small group, 
that we would uh, feature Artie's big band. As I mentioned before, he was born May 23, 1910, on uh, New York City's Lower East Side. He was the son of uh, uh, Jewish immigrants from Europe and um, learned to play the clarinet and became one of the top uh, clarinet players in the world. One of the big arguments, of course, was uh, uh, Benny Goodman, of course, was the king of swing and, and a, a great, great clarinet player. But there was uh, a lot of, you know, kind of debates among musical connoisseurs of the day. Who was the better clarinetist, Artie Shaw or Benny Goodman? To, to this day, the debates are still go on among clarinet players. They were both magnificent in their own way, and the clarinet is an extremely difficult instrument to play. I play the clarinet. I know how hard, damn hard, that instrument is, and you really have to, you have to practice it every day, and it's, um, it's something else. No matter how hard you practice the thing, um, if, you don't <laughs> if you don't practice it enough, you're not going to sound good on it. Artie Shaw always sounded good. Okay, so we get to the big band. Uh, the first piece of music is his theme song, Nightmare. Then we go to this great concerto for clarinet, uh, with all the soloists I mentioned, and then f- the final piece will be uh, his famous version of Begin the Begin by Cole Porter. So we begin with Artie Shaw's theme song. Here we go, Nightmare. <laughs> Thank you. 
kind of a throwback, but uh, a throwback of very uh, great music, which is really eternal. And we heard three selections by the great Artie Shaw Orchestra and showed how far ahead of time he was. Don't forget, all of these recordings were done over 75 years ago. <laughs> so that's a long time for um, uh, music, especially American music. And Shaw was very much ahead of his time. So we heard his um, uh, rather ominous and threatening theme song called Nightmare. And, of course, that was uh, um, one of his assertions of uh, individuality because all the other big bands' theme songs were all light, uplifting pieces of music. And Shaw picked a, uh, composed a, a, a dark, ominous, um, heavy uh, piece of music to uh, in- introduce the orchestra to his vast audience. And we heard the original version of Nightmare with Artie Shaw and clarinet. And, of course, he was the composer-arranger. Then the second piece of music was um, really long for its day. It was almost 10 minutes long, and it was entitled Concerto for Clarinet. And, again, it was way ahead of its time. It was composed and arranged again by Artie Shaw and featured some of the members of his uh, incredible orchestra, including Johnny Guinieri on piano, Uh, Les Robinson on alto saxophone, the great Jack Jenny on trombone, Jerry Jerome on tenor saxophone, Billy Butterfield on trumpet, and some amazing drumming by Nick Fatul, and uh, the concerto for clarinet. And also, uh, you heard some strings in the orchestra. That was another thing that Shaw added to his big band, which uh, no other big band did at the time. And um, again, a rather amazing uh, musical accomplishment, um, considering how long ago it was, and the era that it was. And the final tune, of course, was one of the big hit records for Artie Shaw. This uh, actually defined the tune. It was written by Cole Porter. The tune was called Begin the Begin, and there there are literally hundreds of vocal versions of this tune, but uh, uh, Artie Shaw's instrumental version of this tune uh, with an arrangement by Jerry Gray kind of capped... this this tune and, and really put it on the map. And, of course, the beautiful clarinet work by Artie Shaw. And, of course, we heard Begin the Begin. That was the final tune of the uh, three-tune set that we heard. So I just thought I'd give you a little taste of uh, Artie Shaw's orchestra and how uh, very progressive it was for the time. And um, it was of the time, and yet it was ahead of its time. So that's the way Artie Shaw operated and one of the more unique and interesting individuals in American music. All right, you are, of course, listening to The Jazz Show on CITR-FM 101.9, broadcasting from the campus of uh, the University of British Columbia out here on unceded Musqueam territory. My name's Gavin Walker. We're also on the web www.citr.ca. We'll be back with some Noel music, Christmas music, right after these messages. Do you like friends? Well, we like you. So become a member and get a Friends of CITR card. 
Not only does it make you special, but it gives you all kinds of deals with our friends on Main Street, including 10% off at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Red Cat Records, Woo Vintage Clothing, and more. Visit CITR.ca for more, or come check us out in the next. there has been one voice in the local Vancouver art scene that has stood above the rest, and that's Discorder, that conspiracy, punk rock, foxcore, sassy, still-publishing magazine from CITR. We're one of the established and trusted voices of Vancouver's music and arts culture in the Lower Mainland, with 8,000 copies distributed monthly to over 135 distribution locations, from the Lido to Zulu Records. Discorder is one of a few magazines published by a community radio station, and we only serve up the freshest local and Canadian goods. We have interviews with artists, album reviews, live show reviews, and articles about everything important to our crazy, unique, varied, and amazing culture in Vancouver and across the country. Pick up your free copy of Discorder today, or sign up to have it delivered to your door wherever you are. Check out our website for distribution locations and all the information about advertising and getting involved. got some weather for you, I'll tell you. Um, of course, it is uh, an important week, and tonight is going to be cloudy with some showers and windy December weather with a low of four. Then tomorrow, um, I guess the, the showers are going to blow the clouds away, but then it's going to, the clouds are coming back, and then it's uh, a little later on in the day tomorrow, it's going to be 60% chance of a shower with a low of 4 and a high of 6. And then Wednesday is just about the same. Cloudy with a 60% chance of a shower, a low of 3 and a high of 5. And Christmas Eve, cloudy with a 60% chance, they say, of flurries or showers. And I'm going to side with the shower thing. I don't think we're going to see too many flurries. We may see the odd wet one, but I don't think we're going to see any flurries on the lower mainland anyway. And um, it's it's not going to be a white Christmas. I don't think so. But anyway, that's the official forecast. Cloudy with a 60% chance of possibly flurries, but probably showers. Friday is actually um, Christmas Day, which is Friday, is a mix of sun and cloud with a low of minus 2 and a high of 4. Boxing Day will be periods of rain with a low of minus one and a high of four. And the day after Boxing Day, after you're all recovered, uh, the Sunday will be periods of rain with a low of minus one and a high of five. So that's the general outlook for the Christmas holidays. All right. And uh, we hope that you enjoy them, and we would like to uh, 
write out here at uh, CITR, wish you a very Merry Christmas and hope that uh, you have a very happy holiday season and uh, Christmas and, of course, the uh, ongoing uh, New Year's celebration right after. So it's quite the um, extended holiday, and I hope if you're able to take time off the whole time that you have a good time and uh, get together with friends and family and uh, really enjoy yourselves. We're going to pay some tribute to Christmas now, musically, jazz musically. And we're going to open with a very famous piece of music. It's going to be introduced by the great um, forward-thinking disc jockey of his time, Mr. Symphony Sid, who was uh, responsible for uh, really, really encouraging um, modern jazz and getting modern jazz on the radio and getting people's ears used to the sounds of uh, people like uh, Thelonious Monk, Lenny Tristano, and in this case, Charlie Parker, of course, one of the, if not the leading exponent of modern jazz. And we're going to listen to Charlie Parker and his quintet with Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums, recorded on early Christmas morning at the Royal Roost, which was one of the uh, leading jazz clubs in New York in 1948. And here's Charlie Parker's version of White Christmas. You know, somebody called a little while ago when they called uh, at the studio and they said, uh, I wonder if you can get Bird to do something on Christmas. Well, it's fitting. This is Christmas uh, morning. And the Bird's got a little arrangement, a little surprise for you on White Christmas.
We heard three tunes celebrating Christmas by three of the most amazing saxophone players in the history of jazz. And we began with Charlie Parker recorded live very early Christmas morning in 1948 in New York City at the Royal Roost. And it was uh, the spoken introduction was by the legendary disc jockey Symphony Sid and Charlie Parker on alto saxophone, Kenny Dorham on trumpet, Al Haig on piano, Tommy Potter on bass, and Max Roach on drums played Irving Berlin's White Christmas. Next on tap was John Coltrane playing soprano saxophone with McCoy Tyner on piano, Jimmy Garrison on bass, and Elvin Jones on drums. And that was, of course, a traditional tune arranged by John Coltrane. And of course, it was the great... Uh, traditional song, Greensleeves, and that featured John on soprano saxophone. Then we moved to one of John Coltrane's biggest influences, and that was the great tenor saxophonist Dexter Gordon. And he appeared with Tommy Flanagan on piano, Larry Ridley on bass, and Alan Dawson on drums in a beautiful version of Mel Torme's The Christmas Song sometimes known as chestnuts roasting on an open fire. But the actual title of that is The Christmas Song, and that was one of the definitive versions or jazz versions of that tune. We're going to pause for a moment and uh, come back with some more Christmas music, this time by one of our resident musicians, trumpeter Chris Davis. And we'll be right back with um, Chris right after these messages. You're listening to CITR 101.9, broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the traditional, unceded, Coast Salish territory of the Hunkaminam-speaking Musqueam people. Vancouver-based soul and garage group The Ballantines have just released their debut album, Dark Drive's Life Signs, on Lottie Daw Records. This album has influences of soul and classic R&B and features a range of songs from storming dance numbers to moody ballads. It's hip-shaking, organ-wailing trouble you'll want to get into. Check out The Ballantines' second single, My Place, Your Town, and look out for the official video coming soon. All right, back to Christmas music, and this is some good stuff. This is um, resident trumpeter Chris Davis, who is a dear friend of mine, great, great musician, who uh, moved here oh, a number of years ago from, uh, from Florida, and of course he still travels all over the place, plays with Sharon Jones and the Dat Kings, and of course Chris is a big part of the jazz scene here in Vancouver, and uh, uh, Vancouver really welcomed this uh, uh, young musician. And he is a really wonderful player. Chris on trumpet with Victor Noriega on piano, Adam Thomas on bass, and Julian McDonough on drums. We're going to hear two tunes from Chris's album, This Christmas. And it was done a couple of years ago right here in Vancouver. And we're going to hear Chris do two wonderful Christmassy tunes. The first one was actually written by a Canadian and Leroy Anderson, and the tune, of course, everybody knows is Sleigh Ride. And the second tune, 
Uh, well, I'm sure you've heard Elvis Presley sing this tune, and um, this is an instrumental version of a tune written by Hayes and Johnson. Of course, it's Blue Christmas. So here then is the wonderful trumpet stylings of Chris Davis.
We heard a couple of great resident artists, beginning uh, with two selections by trumpeter Chris Davis from his uh, album This Christmas. And that featured uh, Chris on trumpet with Victor Noriega on piano, Adam Thomas on bass, and Julian McDonough on drums. And we heard Leroy Anderson's Sleigh Ride, followed by a tune that, uh, of course, everyone's heard Elvis sing this tune, but the instrumental version of Blue Christmas, showing the uh, range of styles that Chris Davis can play. Great trumpet player, and we're so happy he lives right here in Vancouver. And the second two selections, played by one of my all-time favorite uh, pianists who also lives here in Vancouver, Chris Sigerson, and he is paired with the late and wonderful and lamented Chris Nelson on bass from an album called The Chris Chris Christmas. And we heard two tunes. We heard the traditional um, hymn, O Tannenbaum, and then we heard Vince Guaraldi's uh, beautiful song from the Charlie Brown Christmas called Christmas Time is Here. And we're going to continue in the Christmas spirit, and we're going to actually take you on a little trip to the winter wonderland, wherever that may be. Maybe up north, maybe back east. Anyway, we're going to hear Chet Baker. And Chet, of course, a legendary trumpeter with his uh, then-working quartet. This was recorded back in 1954. And Chet was uh, on his own and uh, had, was just at the beginning of uh, his career. And a young and uh, handsome, wonderful, and uh, optimistic Chet Baker with Russ Freeman on piano, Joe Mondragon on bass, and the great Shelly Mann on drums. And we're going to hear a great tune, Winter Wonderland. Then we're going to follow that. Oh, yeah. And you know it. We're going to follow that with the story of Scrooge as told with all the myriads of voices by Lord Buckley. So brace yourself.
That's me, I'm Scrooge, and I got all mileage, Bolly, and I'm the baddest cat in all this world. I've been studying all my life how to Scrooge people, and I guarantee you I've done some fine work in that direction. Cratchit! Yes, sir? You busy? I surely is, sir. See that you keep busy. There's one no dangling wanging around here. Keep everybody tight, and tell them two cats come in here, want to get some money. I ain't giving no money away. They're messing with Scrooge. I'm taking it in. I ain't putting it out. Is that clear? Yes, sir. Well, keep it clear. People come around here wanting my gold. It's all trying to pry into my vault. Every time I turn around, somebody's trying to snap. Tell my nephew I don't want to have no dinner with him. And if he never comes in here again, that'll be too soon. I'll tell the cat. See that you do. I understand these people who after my gold. I close up this here place. And uh, what's, what? Yeah, let me tell you something else. You think that you're going to get off Christmas Day? Well, I was hoping, sir, that you'd let me knock off just a little while for Christmas Eve because I want to go home and cool the goose. Well, if you're going to get off Christmas Eve, you're going to have to work all day Christmas. You hear me? I hear you, sir. I'm with you. Well, I guess they're going on home here. So Scrooge takes off and he cuts on down the street and the snow is blowing and the wind is whoo-whoo-whoo-in and Scrooge is going along in his loose soul and his loose clothes and his hard cash box and his big money mine going on in his wig and he ding, ding, ding up the stairs and he opens his door and he gets inside and he puts a double lock on the door because he's a little bug tonight. He been saying humbug so long and humbug this and humbug that he done give himself a natural humbug. He's got the bug humming in him, see? So he double locked the door. And he sit there, and all of a sudden, there's an old bell laying over there, and calling the bell, go ding, 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 ding. Scrooge said, what's that? Dang, dong. He said, what's that? Bell started to ring. Dang, dong, boom, boom. Pretty soon, all the bells all over the house started to ring. Ding, ding, bong, bong, dong. Dang, dong, boom, boom, dang, dong, boom, boom. And he hears somebody like some chain cats are pulling all the chains from the chains of time up the hill of strife, ringing and dang. He said, what is all that ringing and dang with them chains? And all of a sudden, bloop. In come a cat, the wildest looking cat you ever seen in his life. Real gone cat, and Scrooge does a real wild take. He says, I know who that stud is. That's Molly. He says, I know that's Molly. What's he doing here? He says, hey, Molly. He says, yes, that's me. He says, Molly, you sure chained up there, man. You got chains all over you there. He says, well, I put them on myself. That's the way I lived it. I chained myself. I hung myself up with all these chains, you know, being parsimonious, understand me. I can't get them off. Now, I've been lugging these chains all over the country for the past seven years. That's a long time. What you want with me there, Molly, Molly? Because I got your barley. That's why you... I don't mess with no barley no more. I wish I'd give it all away when I had it. And I'm going to tell you something else, too. I'm a spook, you know. You're telling me I know you're a spook, Molly, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get straight with it. I'm going to tell you something else, too, Mr. Scroogey, Scroogey. There's going to be three more gaslighting spooks come in to see you. He said, three more gaslighting spooks? Man, I said, one spook's enough. I said, can't I have them all at one time? I said, no, they're coming one at a time. First one will be 11, next one will be 12, next one will be one. Man, it's hard on diggers. It ain't what you dig, Scrooge. It's what you're putting down. You've been a very solid cat all this time. You're going to be gaslighted by these spooks. Well, they say, if it got to be gas, it ain't going to cost me no money, is it? Cost you more than that, Scrooge. Say, it ain't no more than money. He said, you find out. And Molly split. And old Scrooge is sitting there sweating and ding and dang. And all of a sudden, man, he hears some crazy, wild kind of a thing going on. He don't know just what it is. And all of a sudden, boom, here comes a great, big, fat spook. Look like take 170 wings and lift him off over the housetop. And he's got a old beat-up cat and, and strangly legs and strangly arms and, and pedicured eyes and all out of his skull, spooking up a storm. And he looks at old Scrooge and he says, Scrooge is standing there in the corner and feel like a disrupted, small, disregarded and unclaimed white mice midget style. He's sitting over there. And old spook say, come with me because I is the ghost of the Christmas past. And Scrooge said, do I have to say you certainly do? 
and he got on the ghost's wing, they took off. And he's flying all spooks over the top of the mountain, the wind is blowing, and the wind is popping his wake, and he's looking down and seeing all these crazy scenes going on. Zoom, he goes a few more miles and whoosh, takes him down to a sunlit pasture. And the sunlit pasture is full of children, and they're singing and dancing and loving and going and swinging. And Scrooge said, hey, Scrooge said, look, 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 that, that's me down there. He said, yeah, that's you. That's you. He said, I look pretty good. Now. Yeah, but you don't look good now. He said, I want to hear you. You got to get yourself straight. Something terrible going to happen to you. Zoom, he takes him over to another place, and he shows him a pretty little chick. Got dimples, three dimples on each chin, and she got three little dimple children, and the next little dimple on the way, and there's a real swinging cat around there, and it's a happy time place. Looks like 17 carnivals taking off. And Scrooge, look at this chick. He said, I remember that chick. I could have married her one time. Spook said, yeah, you could if you wasn't so tight in your purse. Y'all thinking about yourself, that's what happened. He said, let me hip you further, Mr. Scrooge. Let me tell you one thing. You could have got everything straight if you wanted, and you better straighten up. Scrooge said, take me home. The ghost said, I will. <laughs> Boom, and he's home again. He said, oh, man, that was a shaker. He said, I don't know what's jumping off here, but he said, this whole thing, this whole thing is shaking me up pretty bad. He said, I'm going to tell you right now. I said, I don't know. <laughs> here comes another big spook. Ooh, he's a wild-looking spook. He's a crazy-looking spook. He's a far-out spook. He's a gaslight spook. He's got a gaslight right on the top of his wig, going around like one of them automatic pilot lights in the lighthouse. And he's gassing up the whole scene. He said, come with me. I'm the ghost of Christmas present. And Scrooge look around and see the joint is loaded with apples and bananas and, and oranges and, and credulies and aquavots and ripper lips and all kinds of crazy wild grapes and crazy Christmas scenes and nuts and, and candy. And he said, come with me. He done took off again. He said, I'm the ghost of the Christmas present. He said, I'm going to show you what's going on in this world and how the people dig Christmas and how to all enjoy. And he took them off to a little old outcast island. And they're sitting on a small beat up rock with two studs Jumping up on a can of beans singing, Merry Christmas with you, Merry Christmas with you, Merry Christmas to the whole world, and so on and so forth. And he showed them the people jumping for joy here, and he showed the cats it ain't got nothing, got something anyway, and they all jump for joy singing, Merry Christmas, and the bells is ringing. He said, Now you get yourself straight and see how things is jumping. Come with me. So they fly over to Cratchit's place, and there's little old tiny Tim. He's singing over the quarter crochet and a little crazy scene on his crutch, fiddling around, you know what I mean? And can on, see, and they're all talking about, Look at this here goose, and they look down at little goose about, about the size of a beat-up retarded sparrow, and everybody's oohing and on all over this goose, and they're saying, when we going to spread it, and so on, and Tiny Tim say, God bless everyone, even up and including old Scroogey Scrooge. God bless everyone. That's what Tiny Tim say. And old Scrooge got wet eyes, mm -hmm. took him back again. <laughs> wow! whole side of the building up, boom, and come a long angular spook, look like 17 gas lighters, stove packs hung together with jingle jangle bells all over. Spook takes a look at this cat and says, do I have to go with you? He say, you suddenly do, because I'm the ghost of Christmas future. He say, come with me. He say, where are we going? to say, none of your business. And he takes old Scrooge and they cut off all the flying, and they're flying around the moonlight, they're shining down, and boom, they're in a graveyard. Ooh, a wild, ooh, crazy spooky graveyard. And old Scrooge is walking around, and finally something steps out at him like he was struck in the force of his eyes with some sort of an electronic pitchfork, and he reads on a, one of them billboards in that graveyard and say, this is Scrooge, the baddest cat that ever lived. He ain't had nothing, he won't have nothing, and he ain't got nothing now. Period. And Scrooge looking at his old name, Scrooge, what's wrong? And the man, he said, well, come with me. They go over to another place, and he goes, you going to the funeral? Say, not me, man. I wouldn't go near that cat, dead or alive. <laughs> they go, baby, get near that cat. Say, what cat is that? And suddenly comes comes Scrooge to take him to the coffin factory, and they see all this coffin laying around, and he wasn't coughing. All of us got flowers around this poor little coffin. He got nothing on it but just some pine wood bowl. And old Scrooge look up the coffin. He look at this and that, but he's afraid to look all the way. For he knows who is in that coffin. So zzz. 
zoom, he swings on back again, and the ghost puts him down, and old Scrooge is shaking and shivering, and he finally falls into a real wild, crazy, Myers's coma. And he falls out for how long he don't know. But when he wakes up in the morning, oh, the sun was shining on the glorious snow. And old Scrooge is feeling so groovy and so wild. And he tick, 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 tiptoes over the window. He up with the window, see a little cat. I said, hey, boy, I said, yes, sir. He said, you know that great, big, giant, king-sized bird down in Doodley's window? He said, you mean the prize bird? No, I said, I mean that big, great, big, king-sized bird. He said, go get that bird. He's a 20. He knocks a 20 on him. He said, go get that bird and here's 10 more for a cat and here's $5 for your sister and here's $22.50 for your uncle's new bicycle and he said, tell anybody wants anything, see Scrooge. He said, I'm flying this here Christmas. He said, I want to see Cratchit swing out with a great big swing and happy dinner. He said, I'm with it all the way. And old Scrooge gets dressed and he's walking down the street and ding dong ding dong ding dong. The bells is ringing. Scrooge got a big smile on his face and people that he's seen for 20 years never said no. Said, Good morning Mr. Scrooge. He said, what you say baby? And he can on and can on. He's happy as the day is long and he finally fell into old Bob Cratchit's place and he's got Christmas toys and Christmas jars and Christmas presents for everybody and they just open the goose and little Tiny Tim see him come and they say, God bless Mr. Scrooge. He done did the turnabout. He's the Lord's boy today. And that's the story of Scrooge. You can get with it if you want to. There's only one way straight to the road of love.
That was Paul Desmond, and of course, <laughs> the modern jazz quartet. A very rare recording, actually, and of course the, the song was the traditional. We heard a version of it earlier by John Coltrane, but this was sort of more in the tradition of the melody. And of course it was Greensleeves, and uh, Desmond on alto saxophone, and Milt Jackson on vibes, John Lewis on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums, and recorded at Town Hall in New York City. On actually Christmas Day in 1971, a very, very special concert. And if anybody was going to be added to the Modern Jazz Quartet to make it the Modern Jazz Quintet, I think it would have been Paul Desmond, a perfect match. And uh, it was nice that they they made this uh, very rare recording. And, of course, before that, we heard the legendary... And wonderful Lord Buckley with all those voices and and uh, all that stuff doing the story of Scrooge in his own inimitable fashion. It's only one way to the road of love, straight to the road of love. <laughs> Lord Buckley. And we opened that set with uh, Chet Baker playing Winter Wonderland with uh, Russ Freeman on piano, Joe Mondragon on bass and Shelly Mann on drums. And uh, we're going to play a little bit of solo piano here by the great Bill Evans. And he's going to do a tune for you. Bill is is usually known as, as someone uh, fairly serious and um, uh, not without a sense of humor, but um, sometimes he did pick uh, sort of lighthearted songs. And uh, one of them is this one. And of course, it's a great tune by Haven and Gillespie. We all know this tune. Santa Claus is coming to town. Here's Bill Evans at the piano, solo piano.
Bill Evans at the piano doing, of course, Santa Claus is coming to town. We're celebrating a bit of jazz Christmas right here on The Jazz Show. And, of course, you're listening to CITR FM 101.9 or on your computer, www.citr.ca. My name is Gavin Walker, and uh, we'll continue with um, something a little different that, of course, was, um, as I said, that was Bill Evans at the, at the piano, recorded in 1963, and uh, one of his uh, solo piano albums. And, uh, well, yeah, we all know that was Santa Claus is coming to town. Here is something a little different now. This is the, um, a piece of music which is known as England's Carol. But I think most of us know this one as God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And this is um, an elaborate version of that piece of music. It's perfectly suited to the modern jazz quartet, which of course is Milt Jackson on vibes, John Lewis, the leader on piano, or the musical director on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. But they're accompanied here by the Stuttgart Symphony Orchestra, and the conductor here is Gunther Schuller. And this is John Lewis's arrangement for the quartet, the MJQ, and the orchestra uh, doing England's Carol. Or, as, as I said, as we know it, God rest ye merry gentlemen. So I hope you enjoy this. This is a lovely uh, rendition of that. And uh, we continue to wish you Merry Christmas from The Jazz Show. Thank you. 
The Modern Jazz Quartet and Orchestra. That was the uh, Stuttgart Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Gunther Schuller conducting. And, of course, the MJ Key with the Modern Jazz Quartet. John Lewis, musical director at the piano. Mill Jackson, of course, on the vibes. Percy Heath on bass and Connie Kay on drums. And uh, continuing to celebrate Christmas with this uh, great rendition of uh, England's Carol better known as God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. And uh, we're just going to... That was sort of the conclusion of uh, Christmas music on on the program. We're going to continue with some regular, plain old regular jazz music. And uh, we'd just like to remind you that this is the jazz show on CITR. 
My name's Gavin Walker, and of course I wish each and every one of you a very happy holidays, best of the season, Merry Christmas, Merry Kwanzaa, um, Happy Hanukkah, although that's past now, still, <laughs> whatever. Um, it is the holiday season, and I really hope you're enjoying yourselves and enjoying the music this evening. CITR, of course, uh, we're broadcasting FM 101.9 right out here at the University of British Columbia on unceded Musqueam territory, and we're on the web as well, which is citr.ca. Here is the great Canadian pianist Oscar Peterson, recorded sometime in 1952, early in his career. These are very rare recordings. Um, they were done for uh, uh, um, some company called World Transcriptions, and it features the first Oscar Peterson trio. Ray Brown, of course, is the bassist, but the guitarist here is Barney Kessel, who worked with Oscar for about a year and a half. And we're going to hear some tunes by Oscar. As a matter of fact, we're going to hear four of them. And uh, we open with um, a great tune called Fine and Dandy, and then a, a Gershwin Standard, Someone to Watch Over Me, and then a tune by Irving Berlin called Heat Wave, and finally a tune by Walter Donaldson called Makin' Whoopi. These are all great standard tunes, and I hope you enjoy the music of the great O.P., Oscar Peterson. Thank you. 
Thank you.
Yeah, some nice tasty stuff from Oscar Peterson at the piano, one of the great Canadian musicians who, of course, became world-renowned. This is uh, done way back in 1952 at the beginning of Oscar's career with his uh, working trio of the time, which included Barney Kessel on guitar and the great Ray Brown on bass. And we heard four tunes, standard tunes. We heard Fine and Dandy. Um, We followed that with uh, the Gershwin's Someone to Watch Over Me. And then an Irving Berlin tune called We're Having a Heat Wave. And we're not really, (laughs) but that's the name of the tune. And the final tune, of course, was the ever-familiar Making Whoopi, written by Walter Donaldson. So some tunes by Oscar Peterson. We're going to take you now to another recording session. Actually, this is music from a movie soundtrack. And um, it was the soundtrack of a French movie called Les Liaisons Dangereux, Dangerous uh, Liaisons. And this features um, Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers, uh, who did the soundtrack. But this, they actually, um, they used parts of this recording to, of course, fill in uh, on, on the film. But these are full uh, versions of the tune. Tunes And the first uh, tune, of course, is a tune written by Duke Jordan, and it's called No Problem. Great tune. And this particular version of the Jazz Messengers included, of course, in the incredible, scarcely out of his teens on this recording, Lee Morgan on trumpet, and on tenor saxophone, a gentleman who was briefly in the band, Uh, He replaced Hank Mobley, and he was there just before Wayne Shorter joined the band. And um, uh, this gentleman actually is a Frenchman, and he returned to France, and that was his uh, end of his short tenure uh, with the band. But I'm talking about Barney Willen on tenor saxophone. He sounds great on here. Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on bass, and, of course, the great Art Blakey on drums. And here, then, is Duke Jordan's No problem. Thank you. 
Thank you very much. I would like to do a tune which was written by Dizzy Gillespie entitled Burke's Works.
Yeah, we heard two pieces of music. We began with uh, an edition of Art Blakey's Jazz Messengers from the soundtrack of uh, a movie, a French movie called Les Liaisons Dangereux. And uh, we heard this tune that was featured in the soundtrack of that movie. And this was, we heard a full version of the tune. Uh, was written by Duke Jordan, pianist Duke Jordan. The tune was called No Problem. And this particular edition had the great Lee Morgan on trumpet and on tenor saxophone, Barney Willen, who was in the band for a, a hot minute. He was a young man from France who uh, spent some time in the, in the U.S. and uh, joined the Messengers after Hank Mobley left and before Wayne Shorter came into the band. And very, very fine tenor player. Bobby Timmons at the piano, Jimmy Merritt on the bass, and, of course, the mighty fire stoker himself, Art Blakey on drums. Then we followed that with um, some people that were on in the Jazz Messengers, including Bobby Timmons at the piano and Art Blakey on drums, along with Ben Tucker on bass, and a great unheralded tenor saxophone by the name of tax- saxophone. <laughs> tenor saxophonist by the name of Tyna Brooks, and the whole session was led by Kenny Burrell on guitar, and we heard Kenny introduce the tune, which, of course, was Dizzy Gillespie's great minor key blues called Burke's Works, and that was recorded at the Five Spot in New York City in August of 1959. We're going to turn now to an album that I've always liked. I think it's one of his finest albums, pianist Duke Pearson. And we're going to hear a couple of tracks from that album. And he assembled an incredible band. And, of course, they rehearsed before. It wasn't a working band, but uh, Duke uh, rehearsed them uh, judiciously before this uh, very important record that they made. The people involved here, Donald Byrd on trumpet, James Spaulding on alto saxophone and flute, Joe Henderson, the great Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, the leader Duke Pearson at the piano, Bob Cranshaw on acoustic bass, and Mickey Roker on drums. We're going to hear two tunes from this uh, wonderful album called Wahoo. came out on Blue Note Records and was recorded in November of 1964. The first tune was a swinger dedicated to somebody by the name of Amanda. That's the name of the tune written by Duke Pearson. And then we're going to follow that with the title track, Wahoo, written by Duke Pearson and performed by this great band. So here then to bring the, well, not quite bring the the jazz show to a close, here's Mr. Pearson and company and Amanda.
That was pianist Duke Pearson from, I think, one of his finest albums, which came out on Blue Note Records called Wahoo, and it featured a very well-rehearsed, wonderful band. Although they weren't a working band, they certainly sounded like it with uh, some incredible people. Donald Byrd on trumpet, James Spaulding on alto saxophone and flute, and Spaulding is still very much with us today, as is um, bassist Bob Cranshaw and um, Joe Henderson on tenor saxophone, uh, Mickey Roker on drums, he is still with us too, and the late, great Duke Pearson at the piano. And those were two of Duke's compositions. Uh, We opened with um, one called Amanda, and the second tune in 5-4 time was the uh, title track called Wahoo. And this is an incredible album, if you can ever find it. It was recorded in November of 1964 for Blue Note Records, and uh, it's called Wahoo, and it's, as I said, excellent, as you just heard. Well, once again, it's about time to wrap up the jazz show for this Christmas season, and I'd just like to wish everyone out there a very Merry Christmas and a very happy holiday season, and I hope uh, that everyone stays safe, happy, and uh, gets with uh, friends, family, and all the things you're supposed to do over the Christmas holidays. And and I hope that you all have that Christmassy feeling beginning to uh, stir in your bones. So uh, there you go. <laughs> Very Merry Christmas to all of you. On behalf of myself, Gavin Walker, and on behalf of the Jazz Show and, of course, CITR, we're going to close now with... Um, Another rendition of um, England's Carol, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen, this time just played by the modern jazz quartet uh, by themselves with Milt Jackson, of course, on vibes, John Lewis, the musical director. He did the arrangement for this on piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. And here it is. This is our final statement for Christmas.
the Modern Jazz Quartet, wrapping up our Christmas edition of The Jazz Show with Milt Jackson on vibes, John Lewis at the piano, Percy Heath on bass, and Connie Kay on drums. I'd like to thank you very much for being out there this evening. Hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, once again, very happy holiday and Merry Christmas to uh, each and every one of you from yours truly, Gavin Walker, The Jazz Show, and C-I-T-R. And we will see you next week on the 28th of December. Take care. Bye for now.
Two things I will carry in my pockets at the end. That's right, Discorder. We just actually reformatted the, the Discorder, so it's now in this new cool zine size, and we're really oh, excited about it. Yeah. yeah, that was always the cool thing when it came into the station. We're always like, oh man, this is so cool. <laughs> How do we get this going? 